0: And welcome to The Book Alchemist. I'm Heather Suttey and in this series we meet avid readers from all walks of life. My guest today is avid reader Karen Campbell. Her dream is to have a bookshop and she's one step closer to that with her business for the love of books. We discuss Jane Harper, Muriel Spark and something I can't pronounce properly. Karen, tell me about your love of reading. When did it all start? Were you a childhood reader or was it something you picked up later in life?
1: No, it was definitely from childhood. My gran used to read to me all the time when she was looking after me and I could read a bit before I went to school and it it just went from there. And my mum used to buy me a Ladybird book every week. Wow. And I've got very vivid memories of reading those books. And it just went on from there. And I think the only time I've not been a reader was potentially when I was at university. And I think that was because I did a degree in publishing and I was reading books and looking at them in a different way. So there was less pleasure during those years. And then luckily I went back to it. And now I'm like very seldom without a book. Books form part of your business as well, don't they? Yes. So a year ago, I'd been talking about setting up a a secondhand book business for a long time and basically I just want to own a bookshop that's all I've ever wanted (laughs) um and friends friends of mine were saying you should just do this you should just do this stop talking about it and I thought you know what they're right and it came about partly because I've always wanted a bookshop and partly because I have so many books that it was do something or potentially get divorced (laughs) um so I very tentatively started this little book business last September. I had a name for it straight away, um, which is For the Love of Books, and um, very gently dipped my toe in the water with it. But anyway, as very often happens with these things, it kind of grew arms and legs. And by that Christmas, um, it, was, it was going quite well. And the thing that I had decided to kind of sell that Christmas was... Um, Christmas Eve packages based on the Icelandic tradition of Yola Um Probably pronouncing that wrong. Um, <laughs> Say it again. Yola <laughs> I Love it, it's such I a great word. It is a, I work with a lovely lady called Gillian and it's now her favourite word. Say it again. Um, Yolabokaflott. <laughs> <laughs> but you need to explain the concept. So it basically translates as Christmas book flood And it's because in Iceland, the majority of books are sold on the run up to Christmas. And the tradition is on Christmas Eve, you give a book to your loved one. And then you all spend that evening all cozied up with a hot chocolate and your book and some nice snacks. And yeah, so my husband and I have kind of been doing this anyway. He's... Um, Given me a book on Christmas Eve for years. And it's the thing I look forward to most Ah. is that on Christmas Eve, this book is in the tree. Amazing. And then I get to read it that night. (laughs) Um, So that's what we started doing with the book parcels. So basically people were getting a lovely book and some snacks and hot chocolate and things in this little parcel with a nice um, handwritten card. So the people that were ordering the books... What I was saying to them is tell me a little bit about the person that you're buying this book for. And, you know, tell me what they absolutely won't read and some of the things that they do like to read. Because I think. I have a pretty good gift for picking books for people.
0: Love
1: it. So I've kind of described it as a matchmaking service with books. Fabulous. And I've had some amazing feedback about the books that I've chosen for people. And it's just a really nice thing to do. I make tuppence halfpenny off it. I'm never going to retire to the Maldives on this, but it's kind of not what it's about. It's given people a lovely, affordable gift. It's really sustainable because all the books are Mm pre-loved. Most of them have been mine. Mm -hmm. All the packaging and things is... um, very sustainable, a lot of packaging from a local Glasgow company called Cascade who do lots of paper tapes and really nice bags and papers and things. So that's kind of been the ethos behind it of, you know, somebody loving these books again, and also me being able to match people up with something Mm. that they might not have thought about reading, but they end up loving. Fabulous. So yeah. it's
0: called For the Love of Books and it's a, such a great name because it's also pre-loved books. Yes. So it? And it's yes. also
1: books that you have loved that you're recommending. Yes.
0: So if you were to recommend a book for me...
1: Well, Heather, I've brought you one. Oh, no way! Yes. <laughs> and I don't know if I should rustle about. By the way, this is not set up in any way, shape or form. No. Um, so... I'm sorry this is in Christmas packaging and you know it's <gasps> like it Christmas Eve. No, don't because there's <laughs> things in it that might go off. Oh wow. So this is the package for you. There we go.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Um, and I think you'll like the book that I've picked for you. It can be difficult picking for people who are avid readers because mm-hmm. you're like, oh my god, have, have you read everything? But I think you will like that book. Wow. So you're gonna have to pretend it's Christmas Eve. And you can open your parcel.
0: Amazing. Have all your nice
1: bits. Well, do
0: you know what i will do once we've finished our chat, Mm -hmm. I will
1: open it. Okay.
0: All right. But thank you so much. You're very welcome. That's very thoughtful of you. And I love the packaging. Love the packaging. It's nice. I've
1: not put a Christmas card in it. That's okay. It's got a non Christmas card in it. (laughs) Because it's September.
0: Yeah. Lovely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, I love the thought that goes behind that because I think gifts, um, you know, books by their very nature are a very thoughtful gift, Mm -hmm. aren't they? Because
1: books are amazing in that they are magical. Yes, they are. And sometimes I think maybe my friends have been a bit nervous about buying me books. And then my husband started doing it and oh my God, he's the best. Wow. He has picked such good books for me um one christmas he bought me the dry by jane harper oh. and i'd never heard of jane harper right. Oh my God. So good, I it? then devoured everything. <laughs> um, so he's done really well, but I think some people have been a bit nervous, going, mm, you know, you're such a bookworm, I don't want to buy you books, but I love getting books as presents. Yeah, me too. Love I love it.
0: The, um, books, candles, mm-hmm. bubble bathy things. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah, yeah love all of those. Yeah. And The Dry by Jane Harper, that's an interesting one because Jane Harper is English and she lives in Australia. Yeah. And I read that when it first came out and recommended to quite a few people and it's just so good because you are immersed in the Australian Outback, aren't you?
1: Yep. I've never been to Australia, but I might as well have been after reading that book. I could feel the heat. I could feel the dry air. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. And every book she's written since, and I wait for them to come out in paperback because I can't read a hardback really because I tend to fall asleep and hit myself in the face. (laughs) So I get comfier (laughs) with a paperback. Um, So I'm like, She's got one out just now, and I'm just waiting it, on it coming out in paperback because she's just the most incredible writer.
0: So atmospheric. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really—it's almost like you are there. Yeah. You know, you feel like you're yeah. observing what's going on. And I watched the. There's a film version of the yes. dry. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, which it's pretty I good with, actually. Yeah, with Eric Bana. Bana.
1: Yeah. Bana.
0: The one with the dark hair. Yes. And it's pretty good. It's It's a good adaptation, isn't it? Yeah. So when it comes to, you know, the book that you've maybe gifted the most Mm -hmm. or that's been successful with your business, what would that be, do you
1: think? Right. So it's funny because I don't gift books that often, Mm -hmm. but I have bought Kit Dewell's short story collection for quite a few friends and I've bought that for quite a few friends who claim they're not really readers okay because I think oh well a be short story and that'll that'll lure you into my world mm-hmm. um I recommend a, a lot of books rather maybe than gifting them mm-hmm. um and I always recommend Jane Harper to everyone and another author that I'm fairly new to is um, Marion Todd Scottish crime writer and I can't remember who um, suggested her to me but thank you whoever it was because <laughs> I love her books so they are police kind of stories set in St Andrews okay. and surrounding areas and so I recommend her to quite a lot of people and most recently I've been recommending Magpie to Everyone by Elizabeth Day I'm quite late to the party on that one but it's it's such a clever book Okay, so
0: let's pick up on that. I just want to ask you very quickly about Kit DeWall.
1: Mm-hmm. How did you find her? I found her on Damien Barr's Big Scottish Book Club. Okay. Um, so Damien is originally from Lanarkshire, where I now live. And my friend gave me his um, one of his books called Maggie and Me, which is a memoir. And then he started this programme on BBC2, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kit DeWall was one of his guests on one of the shows. And I thought she was the most interesting woman. She looked incredible, such a cool looking person. And um, with a really interesting background. Yes. So I then started reading her stuff. And yeah, the the short stories, the name of the collection, I cannot remember, of course. I've bought that for quite a few people and they've enjoyed it. Have you read
0: My Name is Leon?
1: Not yet. So that was my
0: first book that I Mm -hmm. read by her. And I remember reading it on holiday and I devoured it in Mm -hmm. one day and I was so glad that I had my sunglasses on because Mm -hmm. it was so incredibly moving. Yeah. And it was made into a BBC adaptation. Yeah, which
1: I've also not watched.
0: I've not watched it either because I was so taken by the book because what she was talking about was social injustice, Mm -hmm. about this wee boy, Leon, who had faced so many incredible challenges, plus racism, plus so many other complicated yeah. areas and I think because of her work I think she was a barrister mm-hmm. um, I think through her work she's obviously had access to really you know incredibly moving challenging stories yeah. and she's done this amazing yeah. job of
1: translating them yeah I've got that book and I'm waiting on it's time for me to read it
0: so that's a really good point isn't it because I think there are certain books that I've had my bookcase mm-hmm. for about 10 years mm-hmm. And I just, for some reason, I'm just not mm-hmm. feeling
1: it. I'm the same with um, Shuggy Bane, which I bought the minute it came out in paperback. And then I, I, I pick it up every so often and go, this isn't your time yet. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because I don't want to be upset. Yeah. And I'm reading a very upsetting book at the moment. Um, I'm reading Demon Copperhead, which Oof. everyone on Bookface has recommended. And I've had to start, I don't do this very often, but I've had to start reading another book at the same time, Uh which is actually one of the Marion Todd ones, just for a wee bit of relief. Yeah. Because I'm finding it so distressing. Yeah. (laughs) And I think I'm going to feel the same with Shuggy Bain. Yeah. So I keep picking it up and going, not yet, Yes. not yet. Yes, I'm so with you on that, Mm -hmm. especially with both
0: of those Mm -hmm. titles because I think, personally, if I read a book before all the hype or before loads of people are recommending it, I'll power through it because I've. it's not been intimated to me that it's about alcoholism or homelessness or, yep. you know, um, violence in the home. But once I think if if my radar is peaked so that I know that that's what it's about, I then almost get a bit, oh, I don't know if I want to read it just mm-hmm. now. So I think unless I read it straight off the bat, yep. and like you, I bought Shuggy in the day it came out, mm-hmm. and I just didn't, yep. I just,
1: for some reason. And I will read it and I I will love it. Yeah. But I just keep picking up going,
0: not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So short stories, Mm -hmm. um, the ones that you sell quite a lot and that you give to friends.
1: Are you a fan of short stories yourself? Um, Yes. When mm, I'll read short stories when I've got a bit of extra time Uh and, you know, I wouldn't get excited about, oh, I'm about to start a short story collection. No, because I like to think... Oh, I've got a few days with this book, and <laughs> I read when I go to my bed, so I get like really comfy with it. Whereas short stories, maybe I'd be on a train journey or something. Yes, but I do enjoy them.
0: Uh huh. That's funny. And what about um, series? Like, are you a fan of series of books? God,
1: yeah. Oh, are you? Oh, god, yeah. Right,
0: right. Let's talk about that. What, you know, what types of series do you enjoy?
1: So my favourite type of books are crime fiction, in particular Scottish crime fiction. Ah. Okay. So I adore the Rebus books. I'll read anything that Val McDermott writes. I'd probably read her shopping list quite happily. <laughs> um, but I also really like a bit of cosy crime. Mm-hmm. So I love the MC Beaton books, mm-hmm. the Agatha Raisin books, and they're a nonsense. They are a nonsense, but they're a lovely nonsense. <laughs> um, and the Hamish Macbeth books. So And there's loads of them, and yeah. they've... Um, MC Beaton died a couple of years ago but um, someone has continued to write the Agatha Raisin Ah, series.
0: Okay, a bit like what Sophie Hannah does with Agatha Christie.
1: Yeah, and I wasn't sure how I felt about it at first. Well, obviously I'm going to buy these books and read them because I was a bit (laughs) upset that Agatha Raisin was leaving my life. Um, So if I find an author that I like and then I discover that they've written loads of books and they've got a series i am so happy
0: oh that's funny it's because i think some people either love it or they're they're not and i I, years and years ago i read alexander mccall smith Mm -hmm. which i could Mm -hmm. i think you could probably describe as cozy crime yeah although it's set in africa and i read i raced through all Mm of them and then for some reason i've just not picked up
1: any series of books it's funny, and he's he's got a number of series of books. He must just be the most prolific writer. So I read a series of his books that were set in Edinburgh. I can't remember the name of them now. The Dalhousie books. And then he has another series set in Edinburgh, which is the Scotland Street books. And obviously he's got the number one ladies detective agency. Well, this is so up my street, uh-huh. because he has millions of them. <laughs> and I'll just keep buying them and reading them.
0: So what about, so Cozy Crime, I think, obviously has, you know, Really grown mm-hmm. in popularity mm-hmm. with people like Richard Osman. Yep. Have you read his yes. book?
1: So, and I didn't want to love them, but I do. Oh, is you, right, okay. So that's
0: really <laughs> interesting. Tell me about it because I'm funny when it comes to celebrities. Me right? too. So I, I always think you know I'm like Shirley Ballas at the moment has just released a you know a book called "March on the Dance mm-hmm. Floor," and I'm thinking, hang on a minute. I know. You know there yep. are so many talented authors mm-hmm. that deserve the spotlight yep. rather than
1: someone who's a and In inverted commas, celebrity, celeb, yeah.
0: using their profile to, to sell books. Absolutely. I kind of have a problem with that.
1: I have a huge problem with it. So when I heard that he had a book out, I had a wee rant about it, and I wouldn't be buying this. This is terrible. These poor authors are sitting at home that can't get published. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw him interviewed on something, and he said that he had been very worried that people were thinking, oh, here's another celeb with a book out. So he apparently sent his manuscript, manuscript anonymously. Oh, And I thought, all right then, I'll give it a wee shot.
0: That's clever, isn't it? Yeah.
1: And I read it and went, oh God, I really like this. I really (laughs) like the people in this book. (laughs) I'm going to have to keep reading them. So yeah, much as it kind of sticks in my throat a little bit, even though he does claim that he sent that manuscript anonymously, I'm a bit like, no, please not another celebrity Mm -hmm. with a book. Because if you go into the supermarket and buy the books there, the huge majority of them are celebrity written books, mm-hmm. and that's a little bit annoying.
0: I know because I think it's it's so very very difficult to become a successful mm-hmm. author. I mean, there's so many books published every single day of every single yep. week of every single year, and you know, in our lifetimes, we'll never read be able to read all the books that mm-hmm. are
1: which frightens me.
0: I know that that you know have <laughs> been published and will continue be, to be published. And you know, when you mentioned that you like um, crime thrillers, um, have you read any Alan Parks?
1: Um, yes, I've read the, the first one, Bloody, Bloody January. January. So I'm going to read the rest of them, obviously. Here's another series for Karen. Hurrah. Actually, he's another author that I discovered on that Damien Barr show, and he's a really good writer. Yes. So I he will was, read the rest of them. He
0: was a guest at one of our book face yeah. events, and he was amazing, and he's such a clever, interesting guy. And um, used to work in A and R music, mm-hmm. and just had the the chat, you know. Mm-hmm. And everybody loved him. And yes, he's writing a book for each of the twelve months. Excellent. I know, so that's that's great. <laughs> so, when you're not reading crime thrillers or cozy crime thrillers, yeah. how do you expand your your reading material?
1: So, I had never been in a book club before, um, which a lot of people found quite strange mm-hmm. and my friend and I um joined a book club and we'll we'll never join a book club again oh really yes wow Tell so me. it was initially for six months and I'm not it, it involved something else that we enjoy doing as a hobby which I won't mention because then people might guess oh okay who, who this book club belonged to and I'm not I don't want to say anything negative about them okay I think the problem was neither of us liked being told what to read yep um and it just it just wasn't working for us and that's what i like about um bookface because it's like a big book club but nobody's telling us what to read nobody's being negative about books which is lovely um you know you get dozens of recommendations every week and it's up to you whether you pay any attention to them or not and you know i, I will definitely have read things that have been recommended on there that I probably wouldn't have picked up um, otherwise. And then when you go to the events, that's nice because you're meeting up with like-minded people. And I've gone to the events by myself, which I've got a tendency to do this. I decide I want to go to a thing and rather than asking anyone if they want to go, I just go myself because I can't be bothered with, are you available? No, let's do it another time. So I've met some really nice people at the Bookface events and it's just lovely being in a room full of people that like the same thing that i like yeah. i could sit and talk about books for hours so being with other people that feel that way it's amazing so book club not a good thing a group like Bookface, very good thing
0: do you know that's so interesting because i'm exactly the same well that's like, good to hear i am um, i used to work in a big office and there be about 500 people in the lady that i shared the office with katrina um she's in bookface uh she was in a book group and i feel like oh no mm. like just the group things just mm-hmm. i just don't really traditional book groups mm-hmm. I, it's just not my no. thing either no. and also like you don't like being told what no. to read because i and also then i would feel pressured like if i didn't like it or i don't know if i
1: didn't really get it to You know? So I don't want to be negative about any book because they're all wonderful things. But we had to read a book for Book Club that I had such a visceral reaction to. Mm -hmm. I hated it so much. And it's a book that everybody's loved. Wow. Most people have loved. You need to tell us the book. (laughs) Um, Daisy Jones and the Six. Ah, okay. I gave up on that, I gave up on it. And that doesn't happen very often. And I was really angry that I was feeling forced to read this thing. And then I went... I actually missed the meeting that we had where where they discussed that book. I went back the next month. I still felt so enraged by it that I managed to bring it up into the conversation about the next book we were reading. And (laughs) most of the, I don't know if this had anything to do with it, but most of the people that were in the group, it was all women. And most of them were a lot younger than my friend and I. And they all adored this book. And you could see the horror in their faces when I was Mm -hmm. calling it Daisy Jones and the 6, <laughs> um, because I just couldn't bear it. Yeah, it's funny. I've read Taylor
0: Jenkins Reid, um, who wrote Daisy Jones and the 6. I've read Malibu Rising, and I didn't like the format of Daisy Jones no. and the 6. And it's funny because um, I, too, have friends who are maybe in their early 20s, mm-hmm. early 30s. Loved it. Mm. I just didn't. I just no. couldn't get into it. However, that said, I did enjoy the the, t- the series on Amazon. Because I love the fashion.
1: Yeah, I've not watched it yet. I'm like, well, I put myself through this. Oh, I'm not sure. What if I chuck a slipper at the telly? Because I'm so annoyed about it. This is not good. That's so funny. So in terms of what you're reading just now, what have you got on the go? Right. So on the go just now is Demon Copperhead. Mm -hmm. And at the same time is Old Bones Lie by Marion Todd, which is the series of the St. Andrew's Police books. And I started that because I thought I, I need... I need a bit of light relief mm-hmm. from Demon Copperhead. And I don't know what it says about me that light relief is a murder. <laughs> um <laughs> but I quite I, I find murder fiction, crime fiction quite comforting. I think it's because it all gets resolved at the end. Mm-hmm.
0: Ah, okay, right. Okay. So
1: it's the psychology of yeah. of tying it all Yeah, yeah. So I like I think it's a combination of love a mystery. Uh-huh. I'm nosy. So I want to know about people and I want to yeah. know about things. And then at the end, it's all sorted.
0: Wow, okay, that's yeah. interesting.
1: So those, those are the two that are on the go at the moment.
0: Okay, and when it comes to recommending, so say you had a, a physical bookshop, mm-hmm. right, and um, let's just say someone walked through the door and you could only choose one book from the thousands that you mm-hmm.
1: had in your stock, mm-hmm. what would it be and why? Okay, so my very, very, very favourite book is The Prime of Miss Jean Brodie. Oh. And I know I think you've had somebody else talking about The Prime of Miss Jean Brodie on this podcast. And I, I love that book so much. Okay. So much. So
0: please elaborate because I've not read Muriel Spark's The Prime of okay. Miss Jean Brodie. So for anyone else who's not read it, tell okay. us tell us about the premise and tell us why you love it so much. Okay.
1: So Jean Brodie is a teacher in an Edinburgh girls' school. And um, it's in the it's in the fifties. That's terrible. I can't remember because I've read it so many so many times. It's maybe it's maybe earlier than that. And she is a very charismatic woman, and she has her set, which is her chosen girls, mm-hmm. um, who she favours. And things kind of go slightly wrong with a couple of the girls in this set, probably based on the advice and the. Influence that Jean Brody has had on them. And she's in love with the art teacher, but he's already married and he has about 14 children. <laughs> and um, it's, it's about her downfall, essentially. And it's like most Muriel Spark books, it's a very short book. And Muriel Spark can say everything in very few words. And it, she's so clever. And her language is so brilliant. And she's funny and dark and... I just, I love that book. And I first read it when I did 6 years study English and I completely fell in love with it. And I read it most years and I tend to get something different from it each time, which is strange because it is a really short book. The film version is also my joint favourite film of all time. Wow, what's the other one? um, Some Like It Hot. I was born at the wrong time. (laughs) I have a huge film poster of... The Prime Miss Jean Brodie in My living Room. Wow. Um, And I've seen the stage show at the Edinburgh Festival and it's just, it's a perfect book. It's perfect.
0: Wow. I love it. I've never heard anyone talk so passionately. Yeah, I
1: I love it. And I would recommend that book to everyone regardless of what their tastes were um, just because I think it's brilliant and you can read it in a day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... I love this book so much that I had decided that when I opened my bookshop, I was going to call it Marcia Blaine's, which is the name of the school in The Prime of Miss Jean Brodie. No way. Yeah. So I'm going to call, That's what I'll call the bookshop. And the people in the know will know that's why it's called that in a really <laughs> dreadful way. Um, so yeah, everyone should read The Prime of Miss Jean Brodie. Muriel Spark is just, or was, the most clever, clever writer because her books are so short and they say everything.
0: Wow, I'm going to have to go out and buy this this afternoon. In fact, well, can I buy it from you from The Love of Books?
1: You, you possibly could. Um, I wouldn't sell my copy, which I've had since I was in um, sixth year at school, and my guinea pig that I had at one point chewed the spine off. <laughs> um, but I'm sure I could source one for you, Heather. Wow,
0: okay. Yeah. So let's go back to something that you mentioned earlier, which I thought was quite interesting, in that you studied publishing I did. at university.
1: What made you decide to do that? So all through school, I wanted to be an English teacher there was never any question of anything else and then I suddenly went oh hang on a minute what if I have to teach people that don't care about this as much as I do it would break my heart um so I had a year when I went to college to sort of think about what I wanted to do and then came across this degree at Robert Gordon's in Aberdeen and thought well it's all about books I'll do that Mm -hmm. to be fair in retrospect I'm not sure it was the Best decision of my life because I didn't have a future plan after that. So I was living in Aberdeen, and if I wanted to work in publishing, I probably had to move to maybe Edinburgh, definitely London. Mm -hmm. And at the time, through stupid early 20s reasoning, I didn't do that. Um, although I did work for a publisher's while I was at uni. During all my holidays, I worked for a publisher's in Paisley who published holiday guidebooks and a uh, PGA golf guide. Mm. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and, and it was a very traditional place. When they spoke about cutting and pasting, they were literally cutting and pasting. Mm. There was one computer in the whole office, but it was an amazing experience. And I worked with a woman who was very, very elderly who'd worked in publishing her whole life and she taught me more probably during those holidays than I learned through quite a lot of my degree. It made me not really like books very much for a while because I wasn't getting the same enjoyment from them because I was looking at them in a different way. Mm-hmm. I don't regret doing it. Um, I don't regret moving to Aberdeen. I met some amazing people. I met my husband up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't then give me a career in the book world that maybe that's a shame i don't know all these years later i don't regret it i don't don't regret very many things in life but um yeah sometimes
0: though you know just picking up on what you said about having a plan sometimes i mean i do we ever have a plan no. like you know i do, are people who who do what they love do they have a plan sometimes no. i think the most successful people are the happiest people. Yep. Not necessarily the ones that have the biggest jobs, the biggest salaries, yep. you know, the biggest profile. Yep. All of those things to me equal stress. Whereas, I think what you're doing now, with, mm-hmm. uh, for the love of books, is is amazing. And on that note, I'm going to open my okay. gift, and I'm going to say thank you so much for being. Thank you. I've very much enjoyed it. A brilliant guest. And let's see. Do you mind if I just rip it? No, rip Usually it. Usually I recycle stuff. Rip Wow. Oh, wow. So there's a Pukka organic love tea, which I love.
1: Oh, oh, this smells nice. This is. That, it might actually smell of something else that's in oh, the bag, wow. actually.
0: So, oh, chocolate treats.
1: Chocolate treats.
0: Amazing. Thank you from Monty Bojangles. Love the name. A card. Oh my gosh. A lovely bookmark. A lovely Penguin Books
1: postcard. And. I think something's fallen out on the chair as well. A couple of things have fallen out on the chair. Oh, (gasps) my gosh. A little bit of bookworms
0: to never learn whilst you read. Oh, that's so clever. It's gummy bookworms. uh, Worms plus a marshmallow hot chocolate.
1: This is brilliant. Mm. Okay. And then your book, which you've got to get cosy with your hot chocolate or your tea and eat all your treats and read your book. Right. So just for the purposes of
0: um, saving the best to last, Contemporary fiction, British fiction, debut novel. One ordinary day, one extraordinary event. Their lives changed forever. Beautifully wrapped. Okay, I'm just gonna rip it open. Yeah,
1: rip it. I don't think I've read this. I hope not. I don't, think and I-, I do think you'll like it. It's it's good. It's just great, Karen.
0: Love it. Oh, I've not read it. There we go. So the book that Karen has very kindly gifted me is the winner of the Costa Short Story Award for 2017 by Luan Goldie. Hopefully I've pronounced the name correctly. It's called Nightingale Point.
1: Wow. Yeah, so that's a novel. That's not short stories. She's written short stories. She was a teacher. I think she was originally born in Glasgow, but brought up in England. And yeah, that's her debut novel. It's really good.
0: Amazing. Thank you for my gifts and you're very welcome. Thank you for the love of books and for coming onto the podcast. Thank you for having me. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take 30 seconds to rate, review and subscribe. It really helps. New episodes drop every Thursday. Thanks so much for listening.